Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our Vibrant Church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Amen. Vibrant Church, let me hear from you. Are you glad to be at church Sunday morning? On a rainy Labor Day weekend, you braved the weather, you braved the alarm clock, amen, and you made it to the early service, 9.15, so glad that you are here. My name is Michael, my wife Carmen and I, we have the tremendous honor and privilege of serving this church as lead pastors, and we're so thankful that you chose to be at church today. Once again, let's give it up for all of our guests. Welcome to the family. Welcome. As always, I want to take just a moment. I want to welcome our online family in. No matter where you're watching from, who you're watching with, thank you so much for making Vibrant part of your Sunday. Let's welcome our online family in. Come on, we love you. I love it. Today, we are diving into a brand new series, and I'm very, very excited about this series. This is, this is a... Um, a, a vision type series. This is this is a series that'll be really easy for me to preach because it's it's in my blood <laughs> a little bit here, and uh, it's just it's what no, normally just overflows out of me. And so, if you've had a long conversation with me uh, a, at any point in your life, you're probably going to hear some of the same stuff that uh, that we've had in our conversations before. Because I just want you to know my heart, where we're at in our church. And uh, what I see and what the Lord really wants for your life. And so we're starting a brand new series called Made for Monday. Made for Monday. Everybody say, Monday. Monday. Amen. I hopefully you are off this Monday. Praise God. Amen. Fall is here. I love the fall because we get to finally dress like we actually have four seasons in Texas. Uh, even though we, you know, we're just fooling ourselves, but it's it's uh, it's football season. Praise God! Tonight my Tigers play. Y'all pray for me. Uh, about wore my jersey, but I didn't want y'all to get offended in the church house. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> I love this season. I love the fall season, but I love this season in our church too. I love the season in our church. In our church calendar, there are seasons. There are seasons where there are sprint seasons, there are jog seasons, there are never really walk seasons, but there are, we're always moving forward. But the, the fall season is where we're going into a sprint season where, where we are focused and strengthened on winning lost people. We're focused and strengthened on winning people for the kingdom of God. We are going all out to connect people with Jesus and his grace. Did you know that the church is the only organization in the entire world that was intentionally built for people that don't attend yet. Right? For people that don't attend yet, right? We are here to reach people for the kingdom and for people to live vibrant life in Jesus. The important thing that I want you to know going in today, into today is that you have an important part in that that you have an important part in the mission. I want to connect your mind that God not only has a purpose for you, but he has a mission. He has a purpose and a mission. There is a difference in knowing your purpose that we preach about very often. There's a difference in having a purpose and understanding your mission. There's a difference. 
It's what you do with your why because you can wake up every morning knowing exactly what your why is and do nothing with it, praise God. You can wake up every morning and know exactly what you're supposed to do and don't do none of it, right? Right? Some of y'all got laundry sitting at your house right now. You just, hey, just amen, I'm with you, okay? Right? We know we should have folded, folded that yesterday, but football was on, praise God, amen? Like we should have done that, okay? But let me just tell you, church, you were not just made to live and die and pay taxes and maybe have kids, get a dog, pay your HOA dues, have a good time and die. That was not what you're, you were meant to do. You're not just trying to get by, right? You can't be living life just trying to get by. It's bigger than that. Let me just tell you, if you're trying to live life just getting by, Christianity will be the hardest thing for you to understand. It will be the hardest thing because it's not something that you just get by in. See, Jesus wants you to live an abundant life. What we call it here is a vibrant life. Jesus didn't come to, to just to save you from hell, but he came from sa to save you from living in hell every day, amen? He came to save you from hell in the future, but he also came to save you from living an unabundant, boring, nonchalant, non-fulfilling life. There are way too many people that I know that are on the way to heaven. They are saved folk. They got their name in the book, but they're not fulfilled. There's no joy in their life. You can find them. You can see them. You know these Christians when you go to H-E-B. They got that cart. And let me tell you, Bubba, you better move. You better move. You better move because they're going to hit you, right? You can see it all over them, right? They will straight up hit you with a buggy if you don't move, even if you're on the right side. Praise God. Too many people are saved, but it doesn't connect to how you live Monday through Friday. Does it connect to how you live when it's a bad day at home, when it's a bad day at work? See, Christianity is not an event that's a one-hour thing on a Sunday. If your faith doesn't work Monday through Friday, your faith isn't working. You got it. Your faith is broke. Your faith is broke. If, it, if your faith hasn't changed your life, if it hasn't improved your marriage, if it hasn't increased your capacity to love people who are not like you, who vote different than you, who look different than you, who got a different opinion than you. If it, I, I know y'all not clapping, but it's still true. I, I, I'm still gonna preach the truth. I ain't going nowhere. Huh? Right? If it hasn't encouraged, if your faith hasn't encouraged you when you were at your lowest, if it hasn't given you purpose and calling to walk in, if it hasn't changed your life, life, give it. let me just tell you, that, that's not spirit-empowered Christianity. You've created a religion of false idol. But true faith will change your world. Spirit-empowered Christianity changes every part of your life. Every fiber of your being wakes up different the next day when the Spirit enters your life. This series is about connecting your life to your faith. Your life to your faith. Too often we live two different lives. We have our life and we have our faith life. Today I want to connect your profession of faith to your profession of choice. Your profession of faith to your profession of choice. This is a purpose series. It's a calling series. This is a go all in series. This is a get your faith out of the consumer mindset series into the disciple mindset, if that's okay. 
I know when, you know, when they come out with sequels and movies, most of the time the sequel's not better than the original, but I hope the sequel is a little better than the original from the message that we preached last week, amen? It, we want to get out of the, the, the consumer mindset and get in the disciple mindset. You've got to understand that Jesus didn't just save you so you could shout for joy on Sunday. We can get up and say, Yahweh, Yahweh, Worthy is your name, worthy is your name. We can shout that and we can dance and we can have a good time, but he, he didn't just save you for that. He saved you so you can make a difference on Wednesday for his kingdom. He changed your life. See, our church is coming up on our third birthday as a church. Come on, man, that's awesome. We've even got some OG launch team members in from Louisiana visiting us, the Charbonnets. Come on, man, that's awesome. I told him. I told him, just put in resumes while you're here. Come on, just come on back. Amen, amen. We're about to celebrate our third birthday as a church, and we're going to celebrate all that God has done in just a very short time. Look around. This is just an absolute miracle, okay? It's, an, it's a miracle. But let me just tell you, the future is bright. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of what God is doing. We're, we've got big vision, but none of that vision is about what stays in this building. None of that vision is about what stays here on a Sunday. It's about what goes out and makes a difference in our community. See, it's all about what we do outside the building, which leads me to preach a series like this called Made for Monday. Made for Monday. We're not made for Sunday mornings. That's nice. Sunday morning's great. We love it, right? But I like to think of it like this. Church, church is, on Sunday is the locker room. It's the locker room. If we're going to put it in the sports analogy because football is back, baby, come on. We're going to put it in the sports analogy. Sunday, Sunday's the locker room. Sunday's the locker room. Many people, many Christians think, all right, I'm showing up. Sunday's game day. It's not game day. It's the locker room. That's your preparation time. That's your time when you're encouraged, when you're ready. You're getting fired up. You're ready to go. The game is when you show up on Monday for work. The game is when you come home to your kids and you're stressed out and you don't know how to parent them kids because they wild. Right? Okay. The game is when your marriage is struggling and everybody else is around you is getting divorced and you can't figure out how to keep your marriage together. That's the game. See, the church is just the, the preparation. Our level of success as a church isn't determined by what happens in a room on Sunday. Doesn't. It's not. That, and that's tough, Right? It determined, it's determined by the, the impact that we make outside the room on any other day except for Sunday. Let's be honest today. Can we be honest? Can we be transparent? Everybody, if you're preaching with me, say, I'm going to be honest. How many of y'all hate Monday? How many of y'all hate Monday? It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. You wake up on Monday like, man, I wish I could just like hit that little rewind button, right? I just want to, it's Monday again. We turn Monday we, we, we enter Monday moping most of the time. We turn Monday into moan day, right? Man, where'd the weekend go? I can't, I can't believe I have to do this. I, do I have to get up for work? I got a little PTO right, babe, right? Do I have to get up? I can't believe I got to go to school. I got to go to work. I don't want to be here. You hit that snooze just a few more times on Monday than you did today. I, I guarantee you. you hit that snooze just a few more times. I mean, that weekend is the best, right? I'm off work. I don't have to take client calls. I, there's football in, praise God. I get to serve with my church family. It's the best, but then there's Monday. What happens many times is Monday shows up, and it makes you think. It makes you feel like you have a below average life because you have a Monday. 
like nobody else in the world has a Monday. Like no Christian across the world has a Monday. Did you know this? That heart attacks actually increase by 25% on Mondays. 25%. Go and figure that out. That's a big number for seven days. 25%. Suicide rates are highest on Mondays. Because people are facing a life with no joy and no fulfillment. And they thought they were made for Saturday at the club when they were made to make an impact on a Wednesday. Mondays get people down. They, get, they weigh them down because they get their focus all out of order. You thought you was made for Sunday morning. Well, that's good, but you was made to make an impact. You were made to make an impact. We, th- these Mondays get us down. And let me just tell you, church, that's not God's plan for your life. That's not God's plan for your life because we don't act like the world. We don't think like the world. We don't respond like the world. We have a biblical worldview. We view everything everything through the the Christ-centered lens, not the, the lens that ABC has or NBC has or Fox News has or CNN has or whatever news network you have. It don't it, you don't view your life through that because Monday does not have to define who you are. Right? I don't view Mondays because of the way I view everything through a Christ-centered lens here. I don't view Mondays like the rest of the world does. I don't view it like that. I don't view my work like the rest of the world does. I can't. I don't view my coworkers like the rest of the world does. I don't view my school like the rest of the world does. I don't, I don't view my life like the rest of the world does. I, I view what I do on Monday morning as a call from God to make an impact. Shout amen to that if you believe it. Amen. Some of y'all said, that's nice, Pastor Michael, preach the Bible. All right, let me give it to you. Romans 12, 1. I'm going to do something a little different today. I don't normally use the message paraphrase, but I'm going to give you this because I really liked uh, this this paraphrase here. The message paraphrase, Romans 12 and 1. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. How many know you can't do nothing without God's help? My help comes from the hills today. And, And so take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping. You're eating, you're going to work. I'm glad they got the priorities in order here today. Sleeping and eating first, praise God, amen. Going to work and walking around life and place it before God as a offering. Oh, you thought that offering was what you put in the bucket earlier. No, no, your life is an offering. Your finances is just part of that, right? Your life is an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. We can take our everyday life and give it back to God. Offer everything that we have, we make, we are as an offering to God. As an offering to God. There's a why to your purpose and your calling, but your work is the what that God made you to do with it. It's the what that attaches. In fact, we find this all the way back in the beginning. This is Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 26 through 28. The New Living Translation says this. And God said, let us make mankind in our image. Everybody say image. It's like God took a selfie. Right? Image. In our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over livestock all, all, and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. Everybody say, that's me. 
Amen. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Everybody say, that's me. God blessed them, and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in numbers. Somebody say, amen. Amen. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and every other and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Man, that's a long portion of scripture, but here's what I want you to get. What God was saying is he did not create you just to get through life. He did not create you to get by. If you are a Christian today, you are called to live something above getting by. You are called to live above that. You were created to rule in life. God created in the beginning. Life does not have the authority to come over you and rule over you to make you and suppress you where you just get by. Because you were made in the image and the likeness of God, our Father. You were created to rule and reign in the earth today. What does that mean? It means I don't let life happen to me. I'm happening to life, baby. Right? It means I don't let Mondays come over me. I'm ruling my Monday. It is my day. It is the day of the Lord. I get up on Monday and I attack. Why? Because I'm going to tell the devil that it doesn't matter what you send me. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. You are not taking me down. I'm not here to play games. I'm not living my life under this week. I'm created in the image of the Father, so I will live to rule. I wish you'd clap your hands and shout with me if you believe that. I'm a little fired up on this holiday weekend. I don't know y'all were ready for that. Y'all been grilling too much. Praise God. Write this down. Write this down. They're going to put it on the screen. You were created by a creator to create. You were created by a creator to create. You were designed in his image, formed in his fashion, masterfully designed to design and rule, take dominion, execute, produce, create, build, and do it all on the purpose that he gave it to you. Woo! I wish some of y'all would get that. I'd change your life. It would change your life. The first thing, the first thing God did in Scripture, I'm going to challenge you right here. I'm going to step on some toes. The first thing God did in Scripture was work. It was work. In the beginning, God created. First verse. God separated light and darkness, earth and sea. God produced seed-bearing plants. Genesis chapter 2, first thing God did with Adam in the, in the garden, put him to work. Put him to work. Do something with your life. Do something with his life, that his life would have purpose, that he would do something impactful. Genesis 2, 15, the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. To work it and to take care of it. See, that dream, that purpose, that calling that you have, that work, that school, that family that you want, that dream family, that American dream that you want, you have been given, isn't just for you to complain about. It's not just for you to rant about on Facebook and block who's going to see it, praise God. Right? It's for you to work because God gave you a job to do. God gave you a job to do, to work it and to take care of it. Now, it's easy to preach. Let me teach it. Let me teach it. Some people will take care of it. 
You'll sit there and, and, and you'll protect it. You'll lean in with it. You'll guard it. You'll be satisfied with it. And you, what, the way that looks like is isolationism. God gave me this life, so I'm going to protect it. I'm just going to, me and mine, I don't want to let nobody in because I don't want to trust nobody. They might hurt me. I'm just going to kind of do me, and I'm just going to kind of look back. I'm going to protect it. I'm going to take care of it, but you never work it. You take care of it, but you never work it. You, okay, God gave me this dream, so I'm going to harbor this dream, and I'm going to write it down, and I'm going to prepare. I'm going to read all the books. I'm going to take care of it, but then I never do anything with it. I never work the dream. Then you've got others. That will, work, that will work the dream, but then never take care of it. Work the dream, but never take care of it. Man, I, 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 when we got married, our marriage was awesome. We communicated well. Everything was awesome. Sex life was great. And then years happened and years happened and years happened. And all of a sudden, that, things just fell off. And I just don't know why. I just don't love her anymore. I don't love him anymore. I don't love, I don't, I'm not in love anymore. You worked it, but didn't take care of it. You worked it but didn't take care of it. See, God created you in the beginning to work it and to take care of it. So you can have a, this dream, this passion, this calling, something that God has spoken in your heart that we preach very often. You've got to work it and take care of it. In the New Testament, check this out. This is an example in the New Testament. Parable of the talents. Master's leaving on the trip. Before leaving, he entrusts his property to his servants. And, and so uh, according to the abilities of each one, one servant received how many talents? I'm giving you the answer. It's right here. Five. Yeah, five talents. Good job. Good job. One servant received. Okay. All right. Third servant received. All right. Cool. All right, we got it. Got it. First two servants double what they were given. Five and two more talents, bags of gold. One servant buried it. The master returns, well done, thou good and faithful servant to the other two, the first two. Then he cast the third into outer darkness and the gnashing of teeth. But why did he do that? What's more important than the story is that, than the parable is the why. Why did he do that? Because you're supposed to do something with what God has given you. You've got to work it and take care of it. The third guy said, I got it, man. This is super valuable. I'm just gonna take care of it and I'm gonna bury it. Nobody can steal it. Nobody can ruin it. Nobody can rip it. It won't get messed with. I'm just gonna bury it. And when I need it, I'll pull it back up. But the other guys worked it and took care of it. What happens is when you work it and take care of it, your investment grows. What God put inside of you, it's that E-R-O-I again. That investment that the Lord puts inside of you, he, it grows. So there's this different mentality. You go, well, Pastor Michael, I'm just a janitor. I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I'm just a sales associate. I'm just a college student. I'm just a nurse, just a landscaper, just a banker, just a receptionist, just a teacher. No, 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 no. I have been given something by the God, the creator, to work and take care of it. So I end it and I go by taking care of it. God ended every day in creation by saying what? It is good. Good. Some of y'all are calling things in your life terrible that God's been calling good. Some of the talents inside of you, you think are awful. You think you're not good enough. But what God put inside of you is good. 
once you recognize the goodness of God that's already been put inside of you for you to work and take care of the dream he's already given you, it'll unlock something in you. Not once do we see Adam whining and complaining about his work. Man, God, I wish you wouldn't have given me so much. This is a big world. I got to take care of all this. That's a lot of grass to cut, God. Huh? No. Adam said, God gave me the assignment. Now I'm going to get my butt to work. I'm going to get in alignment with God. And I'm going to work it. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to present it as an offering back to God. The first thing that I want you to see in this series is that work is from God. It's a God thing in your life. Your work is a God thing in your life. The second thing is this. It's found in Colossians 3 and 23. Work willingly at whatever you do. Everybody say willingly. Everybody say no complaining. Some of y'all been telling your kids not to complain for 10 years, but you've been complaining about your job for eternity. Amen. Man, I just can't believe I have to do this. My boss is so mean. What would happen if you went willingly? You might unlock some favor in your life. As though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Woo! I didn't say it. They did. I didn't say it. Y'all don't get mad at me. That was the Bible, right? Not only is my work from God, but my work is for God. My work is from God. He's placed it in front of you. Even if you're not at your ultimate dream yet, it's the next step that's what right in front of you. Not only is your dream from, your, your work from God, your work is for God. You've got to change your perspective. You've got to change your perspective a little bit. You don't just work for the school board. You don't work for the school board. You don't work for the hospital administration. You don't work for the government. You don't work for the oil company. I work for God and they pay my bills. Amen. I, I work for God and they pay my bills. I, t- I don't treat my assignment as it's from my boss. My assignment is from Jesus. Amen. Students, let me just tell you today, that test that's coming up, it's not from your teacher, it's from Jesus. Right? It's from Jesus today. This report has to be my best because I'm turning it in for Jesus, not Miss so-and-so. Right? This report's going to be my best. Stay at home, moms. Let me hear, let me hear from you. Stay at home, moms. All right. Let me, hey, that diaper you're changing, it's not that baby. That baby's beautiful, but them diapers sometimes not. You know what I'm saying? Okay, all right. That diaper, you're not changing the, 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 ba- the, the diaper of the baby. You're changing that for Jesus. You're not changing it for anybody else. The clothes that you're picking up in the morning and the clothes that you're picking up around the house, you're providing inside of that house, you're doing that for the Lord. The engineer that you're, you're creating, for, that you're working project for the developer, that's not for the developer. It's for Jesus. Because everything that I do, I have to change my view on what I've been given because I've got a part to play. I got a part to play. I got to work in it. I got to take care of it because it's from God. Adam, you've got a part to play in the success of this garden. Sure, well, God created it all. He created it all, right? But he also gave you an assignment. An assignment. He told Adam to rule and reign to steward it back, to use it, to work it, to care for it so you can present it back to God as worship. Everybody say worship. You've got to, I just wanna tell you today, every person in this room, you have been given gifts, passions, callings, experiences, purpose. You're called to cultivate that, to celebrate that and to give it back to God not bury it, but to work it 
and to take care of it and give it back to God as an offering. See, that's a legacy life. That's a legacy kind of life. It's not that you built an empire, you've got a great big retirement, you've got a big pile of money or a mansion on a lake. It's that I've used everything that I have, everything that I am to honor God without complaining, without whining, cheerfully, unashamed. It is from God and it is for God, amen? Amen. It is from God and it is for God. Here's why, it's because God wants to turn your mundane into your mission. God wants to turn your job into your greatest joy. He wants to turn your passions into your purpose. He wants to turn your work into worship. Come on, somebody. He wants to turn your slump into a jump attached to favor, amen. He wants to turn your normal into extraordinary, your natural into supernatural. If you want that in your life, I wish you'd clap your hands and say, I want it. Man, they used to have, growing up, they used to have a, a take your son to work day. Maybe they still have that today. I don't know. Everybody works online. I don't, I don't need my kids on Zoom with me. Praise God. Amen. <clears throat> I used to have this take your, take your kid to work day. My dad at that time, we were doing this. Um, my dad worked in a flight simulator, um, a B-52 flight simulator. If you don't know, that's a, a large bomber plane okay drops large bombs and and so my dad would teach people how to fly this plane and it's this huge simulator inside and my dad would take me to work well it was really really awesome uh, my dad uh, this it was it was not a take your kid to work day but my dad called me and said hey son check yourself out of school uh, I was like a junior and uh and and I was like yeah sounds good to me like that's great right he said come up here come up here I was like okay all right so I they, they let me check out of school, and, and, I, and I got up there. Y'all, Carl Malone was standing there in the flesh right there in front of me at the simulator. If you don't know who that is, he's a big basketball player, about six foot ten. Uh, I'm about as big as, like, one leg of his. It's just, I, it is just a big, big guy, okay, standing there in the flesh. I was, like, all a 5'2", and I'm standing next to 6'10", Carl Malone, right? But I've got a signed ball in my, in my office from Carl Malone that day where I got to meet Carl Malone. It was pretty cool. Pretty cool experience, and, and uh, I, but it all, it happened because my dad was like, hey, come to work with me. He was comfortable with that. Hey, come to work with me. Church, let me just tell you, we need a take God to work day. You need to take God to work day, right? If you're unfulfilled in your job, you need to take God to work day. You need to start signing up that, like, you just say, hey, hey, God, I want you to go with me today. Hey, God, I, I need you. I need you to go with me. Like, I, I can't do this alone. I got a big meeting today. I need you to go with me. Let me just tell you, before every big meeting, you know what I do is I just take about five minutes and I say, God, I need you to give me wisdom and understanding. I submit to you whatever you want to do. It's your will and your way, and I'm going to give it to you in your, in your name. So if it goes bad, it's on you. <laughs> right? Huh? That's it. You give it to God. It get changes your perspective because when you, you're willing to work it, you're willing to work it, Right? You gotta, you gotta take God to work with you. Church, what I do as a pastor is not more sacred than what you do. I don't care if you're a pastor or a plumber. We're both living in our calling, giving it back to God as worship. I don't care if you're a minister or a mechanic. Everything is sacred. Whatever you do, you realize that God placed you there. It is from God and it is for God. What if you showed up on Tuesday because you off on Monday, Amen. What if you showed up Tuesday morning, giving it everything that you got, even when you don't feel like it, even when it's not convenient, even when everybody else is not giving it their all, even when there's not 
even a raise attached to it that you know of yet? What if you showed up and like you received it in a letter from God and showed up and worked it like it was your garden, giving it all back to God? What if you showed up and you didn't just serve coffee? It's your job, you served up joy. What if you didn't just sell a car? You, you offered hope to people. What if you didn't just teach a lesson to kids? You shared Jesus through your attitude and your aptitude. You have purpose, you've got destiny, you've got work to do. Church, we've got work to do together. The greatest mission on earth is the great co-mission with God. And I just gotta tell you, the church is God's plan A. There is no plan B. You are God's plan A for this world. Church, don't waste the rest of 2022 based off of what's already happened thus far. Raise the bar in your life. Operate like it's from God. Every responsibility is an opportunity. You were put here on purpose, with a purpose. I'm gonna live my Monday through Friday like my life matters. Like what I'm doing matters. What I do matters. Where I serve matters. What I give matters. How I live matters because I was created by the creator to create and make a difference in my life. A pastor that I know once said it like this. The events of your life are your story. The fruit of your life is your testimony. The impact of your life is your legacy. The impact. The events the fruit, the impact. What happens many times is we let life happen to us and our legacy becomes what happens rather than what we made happen. Leaning into God's will of what we, what we made happen. Would you stand across the room today? I wanna close. And I also wanna let it be known that I'm, Seven minutes ahead of schedule, amen. <laughs> Trying to get y'all out so you can beat the Lutherans, the Lubies, amen. I know it's raining. We ain't trying to play. This week, um, I was in Memphis for a, a pastor's gathering. Pastor Ryan and I, we flew to Memphis. And um, we had an afternoon where we were off and I was enjoying going in different cities and um, kind of experiencing the culture of the city. I love that. I've been to Memphis many times, but I had never been um, to the, the Civil Rights Museum. And so Pastor Ryan and I, we booked our tickets and went to the Civil Rights Museum. We went in our tour group. And we're kind of in this group. And before long, Pastor Ryan and I are just kind of sitting there. We're watching and we're, and we're reading everything intently, taking it in, the experience of what, what that was. And before long, we looked up and our group had completely left us. I mean, they were, it was just us. And we're like, okay, we're just gonna take our time. Before long, um, we spent about three and a half hours just absorbing this museum. The bravery, the history, the turmoil of our country's history and, and the growth that we've experienced when it comes to giving all people rights and respect very thankful for that. One thing I found that was so interesting that really spoke to me as it pertains to this about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s life. He was a pastor and a successful one at that. Obviously, with what I do, I was 
naturally inclined to lean into his, his history and, and his decision-making. And he was very respected in his city, very respected by people in his city. And, but in the middle of him pastoring, he felt, very, he felt called in the middle of his Monday. He felt called to something. The brave Rosa Parks didn't get up from her seat on the bus and all of a sudden it creates a movement of bus boycotts that was affecting, literally affecting the economy of public transportation. It was shutting it down. Dr. King felt so compelled to get involved, but there was this tension in him whether or not to step in because he could just continue letting life happen or he could happen to life. He knew that there was risk involved here. He said this about stepping on, stepping in to support the boycott. He said, the question isn't what will happen to me if I get involved supporting this movement. The question is what would happen to them if I did not get involved? I felt like that was so powerful and applicable to where we are today. Church, you could sit back and relax at your job and just clock in, clock out, get your paycheck, get your pension, go home, provide for your family. And all of those are, you know, noble things. But what if, the question is not, what would happen to you if you viewed your job like a calling? The question is, what is going to happen to everybody else around you if you don't view your job as a calling? What impact will be left unmade if you don't view your job like a calling? You may not, if you don't view your schooling like a calling. The problem is we get thinking about us so much. I can answer the question if you don't, if you choose to let Mondays be moan days, these days be dragging you instead of inspiring you what will happen is there will be an impact that's not made there will be lives that are not changed there will be marriages that fall apart there's a hole just about the size of your purpose inside of your job listen in church I gotta tell you I want every one of you to go through next inside of this house and go all in like if you've not gone through next today is step one right after church we're talking vision, values, finances, government of our church. If you want to know it, it's there. And so I want you to go through that. I want you to get on a team. I want you to get in a life group. I want you to do all that. But that's not what I'm preaching today. It's not what I'm preaching. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your Mondays. What happens when you realize that what you do on Monday is sacred? Chris, what you're doing in life is sacred. It's sacred on a Monday. Working for a developer, it's, it's sacred. See? What you do on Mondays is sacred. Leading people all across our region and our world. Sacred. Sacred. Megan, you're a stay-at-home mom. Pastoring people is at the same time. What you do is sacred. Sacred. Ronnie, my retired friend, he's retired. But what you do is sacred. Right? What you don't know is Ronnie showed up to the church a few weeks ago 
and spent about 12 hours building things in our lobby. Didn't want any credit for it. Plus the tons of hours he spent at home. Why? Because it was sacred. Sacred. Thus in Danielle, what you do is sacred. Sacred. Once you get to what you do is sacred. Christian, schooling is sacred. Brennan's schooling, it's sacred. Sacred, Sophia. It's sacred. What you're doing is sacred. Once you realize that, that it's not just I, I have to. It's that I get to. We have a saying around here. I can't believe that we get to do this. That goes for more than just Sunday. I can't believe I get to live this life. I get to be blessed by God the Father. I get to have an opportunity to make an impact on people's lives. Every eye closed, every head bowed across this room. You were created by a creator to create. But here's the truth is that God created you and some of you in this moment, you're feeling that pull, you're feeling that urgency from God that you're, you're wanting to make a step towards him. Now the Bible says that in Romans that all that call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so for you today, maybe you want to give your life to Jesus or you want to recommit your life to him. You want to recommit your heart to him. If that's you today, nobody's looking around. If you don't mind, if you want to, it just begins with praying a prayer of faith, giving your life to Jesus. If that's you today, you want to give your life to Jesus, let it be known just by lifting your hands across the room today. Recommitting your heart to Jesus. Amen, that's beautiful. Church, I want us to pray this prayer today, today together. A prayer of recommittal, a prayer of, of accepting your purpose. Let's pray together. Can you pray with me? Lord Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've gone my own way. But today I repent. I turn away from my sin. I want your will. I want your way. I recognize you died on a cross and you rose three days later for my sin, but also so I could have victory. Today I surrender my life. I surrender my calling. I surrender my Tuesdays. I surrender my Thursdays. I surrender the good days and the bad days. I give it to you, Jesus. All I want is all you have for my life. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. If you believe that today, if you pray that prayer in faith, would you just lift up your hands?